Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. On Monday, we talked about quests, and I mentioned a conversation that I had had with Jane Alexander. Jane is an actress, the former director of the National Endowment of the Arts, and she's an author, too. She wrote a book called Wild Things, Wild Places. She's also won Tony Awards, and she's a two-time Emmy Award winner, and she's been in so many movies, I'm not even going to bother to list them here. You've seen them. Look it up online. In her book, though, she wrote about her adventures exploring wild places and encountering creatures in the wild. And there's something about her stories that make me hopeful in the kind of questing way that Tiffany and I were talking about on Monday. Jane has seen so many wonderful things in the wild. She really does inspire me to dream big, to dream of what else could I see? What quest could I go on? And I wanted you to hear a story she told while we talked, live on stage before an audience in Seattle. I had asked her about an adventure she'd had in the wild, where she felt a moment of wonder or connection. And here's what she had to say. Well, the one that immediately comes to mind, and you have to, I'm going to preface this by telling you all that I'm an avid birder, and I have been for decades and decades. So my husband and I were with uh, the great ornithologist George Archibald, who helped bring the whooping crane back from extinction and founded the International Crane Foundation. We were with George in Bhutan a few years ago to look at what was happening with the black-necked cranes. But the bird I most wanted to see when I was in Bhutan was the Manal pheasant. Now, there's a lot of Himalayan pheasants who are rather exotic. I mean, they're exotic looking in their feathers. And our guide, he, she, said, well, I'm not promising anything. So we saw the black-necked cranes, which were extraordinary because they're almost five and a half feet tall. And they make this incredible journey every winter across the Himalayas in Tibet and come down in the Pobjika Valley and a few other places in Bhutan. And when they come down, they spiral down, making whistles and clangs like bells with their voices to land in the valley floor. So that was stunning to begin with. Well, one day, he, she said, well, anybody who wants to get up at about four in the morning and we're going to travel up to 11,000 feet may see a Manal pheasant. <gasps> So I was like, my heart was in my mouth. And there were a few of us who, who get climbed into the, the little van, and we, we went up in a steaming morning. The Bhutan is absolutely beautiful. The grasses were all covered with little crystals of ice in the cold. And we went up and up and up and up till we came to this very little monastery at 11,000 feet, and the red roofs were just being hit with the early morning sunlight, and it was radiant, it was so beautiful. Before we got out of the van, I saw an old monk about 40 feet away, feeding not one, not two, but 11 monal pheasants. <laughs> two males, and the rest were hens. So a few of us climbed up on a little bank above that little tiny courtyard and looked down, and I had my Nikon at the ready, and what should happen? But this male Manal leaps up on the bank, comes right over there, 
with a couple of hens following him, walks right into a ray of sunlight. I got this incredible shot with my Nikon, then I mm -hmm. put the camera down, and he walked right into my shadow. I could hardly speak. I thought it was the most wondrous thing that ever happened to me in my bird life, ever. And it was. And then he turned around and just walked up, and the hens followed, and they went back into the forest. And that's mm. my, my Manal pheasant story. Mm. <laughs> you also tell this story, one of the most vivid stories that I thought you told in the book was about jumping into the water that's full of sharks. <laughs> All right. Care to share one I more? I will share that one, too. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Um, these are all my real adventure stories, right? Uh, well, when my grandchildren turned 12, I started taking them whenever, uh, wherever they wanted to go in the world. Pretty nice, huh? Not a bad I'd save perk. up for that. And um, the, the two girls, cousins, Vita and Isabel, wanted to go to the Galapagos. I thought, great choice. And so we went there, and one day, one of the guides said, Whoever wants to go swimming with sharks in the ocean is welcome. Well, I, I've been terrified of sharks ever since I saw Jaws. <laughs> I'm sure many other people feel the same way. I mean, that scene with that woman being pulled up under at night is indelible in my memory. And we would always swim at night before Jaws. <laughs> The, the phosphorescence, to swim in a line of phosphorescent in the moonlight was one of the great wonders of my childhood. And by the time Jaws came out, it was long after childhood. But I got terrified after that moment, and so did most of my family. And nobody went in the water at night again after Jaws. So anyway, when we got to the Galap Galapagos, I said, well, you know, I'm going to go in the Zodiac, and I'm going to get suited up for this. I'm the oldest, I have le the least to lose. So, so I went in, and I had a snorkel, and I put my mask down, and I would have gasped but for the snorkel in my mouth. There must have been 50 sharks down there. But they weren't even paying any attention to me at all. There were white-tipped sharks, black-tipped sharks, Galapagos sharks, and at the bottom, about 30 feet down, hammerheads. Now, my diving buddy, who had just been assigned to me, was <laughs> a young gal, maybe just out of her teens. Suddenly, she leaves me, and she dives right down to the hammerheads, and she's stroking their head. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? And she comes back, and she says, I love hammerheads. And so, you want to know something? Then we just swam with those sharks for the better part of the hour, and what drove us from the water was not sharks, but tiny little jellyfish that bit everybody like mosquitoes in the water. After that, I never feared sharks again. That's actress and nature activist Jane Alexander. You can hear more of her amazing tales. Just search for the episode named Critters. It's episode 143. I recently wrote Jane asking her for some insight on where I should go to see creatures as they are. And she enthusiastically replied. And she let me know what she's up to these days. At the moment, she's starring on Broadway in a show called Grand Horizons. It closes March 1st, 2020. So if you're listening to this right now in New York, hurry up and get there. You're running out of time. 
This has been your midweek bittersweet moment. I'm Katie Sewell. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife@mail.com, Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life.